Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. This episode is sponsored by Blue Microphones. Head on to community.hubhopper.com to check out their amazing range of products. The Blue Microphone consists of the Blue Voice technology, which produces clear broadcast quality sound for podcasting and is compatible with both Mac and Windows. The Blue Microphone range is highly recommended for all podcasters. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Heart on My Sleeve. This is Mansha Kaur and you're listening to me on Hub Hopper. As promised, this week's guest is Nanita Kalra, former editor-in-chief at Harper's Bazaar. Prior to which, she spent nearly 13 years as editor-in-chief at Elle, with close to three decades of experience in print media and television, having worked at Business World, UTV, Man's World, among others, along with countless consultancy assignments with some of the most prestigious brands and names. It's safe to say that Nanita has lent her voice to and thereby in a big way helped shape this industry and make it into what it is today. But today's episode isn't about her insights on the fashion industry or the media space. In this very real and open conversation with Nanita, we talk about her lessons from the lockdown, the significance of kindness and compassion, where all of this shame and hate for our bodies comes from, what she says or does on the days where she doesn't feel so good. the role social media has to play in all of this setting boundaries but most importantly what we as a society can do to instill a healthy body image and greater self worth into women everywhere and arm the future generations of girls and women so that they are far more confident and far more comfortable in their own skin this is one of the most important conversations i've probably had on the podcast so far I know that it's made me rethink my priorities and how I sometimes look at my body and treat myself. So without wasting any more time, here's the wonderful and incredibly insightful Nanita Kalra. That's a really nice background you have. Thank you. Let me fix mine. Okay. Tell me. Thank you so much for doing this. How has the lockdown been for you? It's been good. We worked really hard. We did a lot of fun digital content and now everybody's thinking about what to do next and we're excited. Yeah. You know, the future is always exciting. That's true and you've had such a fun career so far. It's amazing. I've had fun. Though this lockdown, are you one of the people who've had a series of epiphanies almost or have you just taken it in your stride are there any learnings that you've had from the last 100 days i think it would be very bizarre to go through this period and come away without learning anything right yeah. but i think what we've all learned a couple of things is one is that you have to be kinder to each other and i think that was just something really interesting that emerged because when we went into lockdown we were still thinking it's going to be 15 days so we were closing issue with the same frenzy we were interacting with each other with the same frenzy the same do this do this do this and as it became longer and longer i think we realized listen this is a global pandemic the world is a changed place nothing feels the same anymore so we learned to be kind and you know you can say 
be kind or you can do it. And I think we learned to actually incorporate it in our lives. We learned to incorporate it with each other. And even now when we talk to each other, I think that, you know, simple things like replying to people who reach out to you on Instagram, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Or if someone finds your number and reaches out because they want to talk to you, it takes tremendous courage for people to reach out to you. And you have to respect that. You have to try and reply to everybody and acknowledge that, you know, we've all learned, maybe the other thing I've learned is that we can all communicate with perfect strangers because we're all sitting here at home alone looking for human connection. And I think never has connection been more important than the spirit of self-isolation. That's absolutely true. We've managed to go without thinking about our general consumerism almost where we're so used to buying things and thinking about materialistic goals. But you're right. The one thing, the singular thing that everyone's had on their mind is simply meeting their friends and family and also knowing who their friends and family are and further nourishing those equations in the hustle of life. It's easy to get caught up and change your priorities towards hitting milestones instead of looking around and seeing who the people are with you during those milestones. Yeah, you you put that really well. Such a big topic right now. There's body positivity, there's body neutrality. The fact of the matter is that most of us almost have this sense of discomfort when it comes to our bodies. I'll go as far as to say that we subject our body sometimes to a lot of hate from ourselves. And this is especially true of women, but also both genders do it, I think. But we're so obsessed with this one part of ourselves that we probably have the least amount of control over as far as our genetic makeup goes. We can't change a lot of things. So where do you think all of this comes from? It's centuries old, right? I mean, let's get real. Women are subjected to more judgment based on the way we look. And I think a lot of it in the past was just men trying to control us, Mm. right? If you look at Mrs. Maisel, the TV show that I love, I mean, she woke up in the morning, she put on her makeup, she went for exercise classes, she measured her thighs every day. She's one of the most exquisite women I've seen, but women do it to each other. Men did it to us, then women started doing it to each other. Mothers passed it down to daughters. Sort of distilling women down to the way they look, I think has been one way to keep us in control because now the women are not accepting society's norms. Look what's happening. You can't control a good woman. We're feisty. We're opinionated. We're not listening to the way we should listen to anybody. The world is a better place because women are out of control, but there's always an attempt to keep women in their place. And that's just a generation old thing. What's different now though, is that women have started to reject it. And let's look at that. What caused us to start to reject it? The fact that we looked around and said, everybody's different, right? All bodies are different. Genetics gives you a different shape, size, structure. At some point you just went, this is my framework. This is my body. It's healthy. That's all I want. And I think that has come from I'd like to say that that has come from other strong women. That's also come from fashion magazines. Let's stop bashing fashion magazines. From the time I joined Elle in 2000, I never put a skinny model on the cover. Never. In fact, I remember rejecting covers when the girl looked too thin. I said, this is not okay. We didn't look at color. We didn't look at shape. Yes, she had to be genetically very gorgeous, right? Clothes hang a certain way. A beautiful girl is an aspiration. That's what models did. Over time, we started to use more and more Bollywood. Now tell me something. Who in Bollywood has a perfect body? 
not one person. And that tells you that people were embracing the normal shape of a woman. Look at Kajol, gorgeous, not skinny, just gorgeous. I put her on the cover in Bazaar because she was just beautiful. And we hid nothing. We hid nothing. There was no Photoshop. So I think the fact that just regular bodies, real women, real shape became mainstream, became embraced by fashion magazines. I think that's gone a long way in helping women feel better about themselves. But do you think there are still certain things that exist in the media where the message is still such that it isn't conducive to people feeling good about themselves? And is there anything that you'd like to see changed? Yeah, actually, I would like to see, and I'll tell you, let's not look at media as print media for a little while. Let's look at Instagram, right? That's what we're all focused on right now. Instagram has been one of the most positive influences because if you look at, there are various sites with regular women. There are women celebrating cellulite by putting glitter on it. Equally, there are influencers who have more numbers than all of these women who are selling the most artificial body types, right? That needs to change. Kim Kardashian's latest image where her waist looks like it's 12 inches. That needs to change. But you know what? We've got to stop blaming the influencer, the Kardashians, other women. You and I are smart enough to say, I'm unfollowing you. We have to stop blaming outside influencers because right now with Instagram, you're choosing who to follow. I'm not forcing you. I'm not coming into your house. You know, fashion, once upon a time, there was a magazine that told you what to do. It was not an inclusive world, but the world has changed so much and it's changed so much in the last three months. You have the right to unfollow anybody who makes you feel bad. Why aren't you doing it? I don't follow anyone who makes me feel bad or anyone who feels unrealistic. I find Instagram has been the most enlightening thing because I choose who I follow. We're curating our own influences and Why are we choosing to curate someone that damages us? That's true. We don't think about that fact. It's almost as though we want everyone around us to fit into our mold of what we want society to be and then not do anything ourselves in the process. Yeah, I have the right to never watch Arnab, right? I don't watch Arnab. He doesn't irritate me. I don't feel the need to put hateful messages out, right? I mean, that's what we all need to start doing when I say kindness. Yeah, yeah. And I think another thing with kindness is that right now, kindness has almost become cool. So people have segregated it into acts of kindness being pushed out where if I put up five stories about prevalent causes, that sort of makes up for my quota of being good. But at the same time, I'm probably not compassionate towards the people around me Like you said, the people reaching out to you takes a bravery for somebody to take that step and ask for help or ask for guidance in any format. And we're not compassionate to all of those people. And yet, because kindness is cool, we keep posting quotes that show that, okay, yeah, we do think this way. Or we keep posting and sharing stories about causes that are trending. And it's so important to, like you said, start with yourself, where what are the things that you can do? And I think there's so much room for improvement as far as each and every one of us is concerned. So, yes. So we all have days when we 
don't feel good about our bodies and it could be our bodies it could be our skin it could be anything especially as women i think sometimes my husband doesn't understand he's just like okay so how are you feeling today what's going on today generally from my experience and i'm sure there are exceptions but guys don't wake up every single day feeling a different way about themselves and that's also because we have so many more hormones and so many things right so sure don't stop thinking of course we're going to wake up different yeah what do you say to yourself or do on the days when you don't feel so good about yourself so you know it's really tragic i have a couple of things that i do i still wake up at the crack of dawn right right through the lockdown my team thought i was crazy but i wake up at 5 i do a little work i sort of at 6:37 i work out every single day and there are days i don't want to work out but i drag myself and i'm like just go work out I feel better after the workout. Everything for me changes when I exercise. It changes for me when I have a routine. I'm very sensible about what I eat. I continued to follow all of this, right? And then I realized very interestingly that I was actually not being kind to myself because there are days you're tired. There are days your brain needs to be off. There are days you just say I don't want to get out of bed. And I learned in this lockdown to say that I'm tired. to say that listen i need a time out to ask for a day off and that for me was quite rare you know i'm the person who will work from morning to night i mean i will keep working i will be on the phone i will check everything and i realized that that person was also not being kind to her team because if i work that hard i'm putting unnecessary pressure on my team right so this is what i'm telling you i learned how to be kind i learned that listen i want to eat cake it's very sad that i couldn't get cake because in the lockdown <laughs> you know there was no cake and i don't know how to bake and i can't even make banana bread but the first thing i did when the lockdown lifted is i called a friend and i'm like please send me banana bread otherwise the old me would have never allowed myself this and sometimes you know if friends wanted to come on a monday afternoon to eat lunch with me and hang out till the evening there are two people that i see i would allow them to come but otherwise i was strict about the lockdown or strict about this i learned to take days off i learned to listen to myself but the thing that's true is none of us are going to get rid of this fatigue we're feeling because we have been locked in for so long even if you go out you go out in panic yeah. right? you go to the market and you're looking at everyone and saying i want to be away from you it's going to be a long time before we go out so i guess just listening to myself and yeah i have one sort of very secret trick i have the world's cutest dog but uh, my sister had a baby so i have a year old niece you know dogs and children that's the other thing that really helps you taking yourself outside of yourself so we were talking about body image and there's a lot of talk about body positivity and body neutrality what is your take on all of that but also how do you define a healthy body image a healthy body image is somebody who's strong okay i mean i'm not going to beat around and tell you that everybody looks healthy i think that everybody needs to work out you need to work out to what works for you okay whether you want to go for a walk or you want to do yoga or you want to do pilates we know that exercise changes your dna right whatever your genes are you know that exercise changes it exercise releases endorphins it makes you happy healthy and happy right that's a beautiful body in any shape in any shape and you know i i watch a lot of very beautiful young women who share their lives who don't look like me but they're so strong and so beautiful for me on a personal level you know i'm 51 my body can do more things now than it could when i was 30 when i was 20 you know i'm stronger 
for me, that's a healthy body image. Body positivity and body neutrality are wonderful words, but I wish they didn't exist. And I'll tell you why. I see them as just more ways to compartmentalize what is beautiful. We did a lot of it in Bazaar. You know, I've done it at L. We did it in Bazaar. We sort of featured real girls, real curves. And then I realized that's all wrong because you're putting them in separate categories. You're still saying you're not part of a larger universe where all women are beautiful. And that's been something that I've been working on a lot. All women are beautiful. What if we embrace everybody? For me, that's more important. I don't like these terms only because you're separating them from a model, an actor. Everybody is beautiful. How about we worked like that? I mean, for me, that's really important. I get that you need affirmative action, but I think that we are all educated and sophisticated enough where women should support other women. Yeah. And coming to women should support other women. I think, again, like with kindness, I think we talk about that a lot more than we actually do it. In your experience, you interact with so many different women from all walks of life. So what is your take on what are the baby steps to actually do that because again it's nice to put it up as a quote it's nice to talk about how we need to do these things and then the same people I see them not actually doing those things. Mansha that's such a hard one to answer right I mean one great example is what you're doing you know you're this really young woman who's just looked around and said I want to talk to these people and share their stories right so maybe what you need to do is to support other women is first be a good friend right? Sometimes it's really shocking when your best friends turn on you, but I haven't seen that. When I was at Elle, I had very young women work with me. I've had very young women work with me in Bazaar and I've seen how they've had each other's backs. Maybe because for me, it's a non-negotiable. There will be no politics. No one will bitch about each other. I don't give a shit. And I call them all my babies because I love them all equally. Okay. I just love them. I'm blown by how smart young women are. But things like what you're doing, The stories of women, listening to other women, putting it out there. And it's not easy. It's hard work. You will edit, you will put it out, you will do your marketing. That's a great step. I think that women need to be better friends for each other. And it will be much easier. And I can tell you that we all laugh and say that men are great friends for us. But when the shit hits the fan, it's your girlfriend, it's your sister. And maybe we should learn to be sisters to each other. Maybe that's it. Like I call my sister for the stupidest things. She's my youngest sister, but she will do anything in the world for me. My elder sister checks in on me like I'm a baby. Maybe we need to be sisters to each other. And I can't give you a recipe for this. I think it comes from kindness and listening and having each other's backs. But steps like what you do, super forming communities for other women, mentoring. I know that this isn't a great answer for you, but I can't think of... No, it's important to, like you said, be friends first. I think that's simply like the first step that all of us should start with because, again, it is easy to get competitive in girl friendships where if one person is sort of doing the things that you want to be doing or they're hitting milestones that you want to be hitting, then that competitiveness just tends to come out very easily. But you're right, being a good friend. Also, I think we've learned what are these milestones that are irrelevant in this lockdown, milestone has been relevant. You know what this lockdown has done? Of course, it's been terrible for a lot of people. But for those of us who are privileged and sitting here, what it has done is it's stripped off everything we didn't need. 
and we're sitting here with the bare bones and it's going to be an incredible wonderful year of change it's not a write off year it's the year you're going to change all the things you were scared to change some will be forced on you some you will choose some will just happen but we will sensitive people smart people will emerge different my wish is that it will be a year of change with ethics again comes back to kindness you know ethical people are kind that's it so well put so we just spoke about social media and both in the good ways and bad ways that say a platform like instagram does give you that platform and you need to sort of choose what you're consuming so as we stand today because not a lot of people actually end up doing that what role do you think social media plays in determining our own self worth and how can we both in the way that we consume and create content do it in a way that builds us up and those around us the thing with social media is it's all voluntary so we have to exercise our right to unfollow mute and brutally block yeah and the truth is if you're not seeing it you forget it and i have spent a lot of time muting blocking deleting because i said i'm done i don't want negativity and i feel great and you know what i'm old enough to know better but there are people whose ugliness or rants start to annoy you and you're like okay bye and you the zen space but as a content creator more than anything else not as a consumer but as a content creator we do have a responsibility to focus on the positive but with genuineness so what bazaar did is i mean we looked around and there were many things we could do but everything felt irrelevant you know work from home wardrobe i don't think so this is not the time to tell you what to wear this is not the time to celebrate working from home as a privilege we're stuck we're dying to move out so what we did is we sort of told people these are the little things that bring you joy and we focused on time with your pet time with a loved one time with a book time cooking time i mean doing a diy mask we chose to make you realize that everything you need to be happy is around you and i think that it was very weird it came from the entire team a message of optimism and hope without consumption without the same strident tone that fashion sometimes takes 350 best buys the eight bag how to do this how to do, i don't want to do it yeah right i don't want you to get a revenge body i don't want you to go revenge shopping i want you to inhale and exhale i want you to look after your mental health so many of the suicides of people that we're seeing if they were not alone and locked down i'd like to think there's still a chance right so reaching out and calling friends replying to texts and saying okay i don't want to reply to a text just taking care of yourself and those around you but first you take care of yourself which is why we said the little things that give you joy not bring joy to the world you look after yourself when did taking care of yourself become a bad thing and i'm not talking about self love self love is glorified into this movement Yeah. it's very tiny taking care of yourself like they tell you on a plane you know when there's a change in air pressure put your mask on first then your child that was our smallest tiniest thought breathe inhale exhale and i think content will change and need to be created that way with sensitivity with integrity without pushing consumerism down you without doing what a lot of people do which is hype up how fabulous they are 
it's got to be like you and me talking to each other. It needs to be one-on-one, intimate, authentic, very, very quiet. And, you know, it seems like the opposite of what social media is, which is noise and exaggeration and hype and hyperbole. But I think that's going to be the change. And that's so true because not just for the people who consume the content that you're creating, but when you exaggerate your own life, I think exaggerations are much more hurtful to yourself than to those around you because you set this standard for your life that doesn't exist. And then somewhere you start to believe that that was the standard that you were living by. And you're constantly trying to recreate that or to relive that moment and your daily life is not going to match this thing that you yourself airbrushed and exaggerated and made sound so rosy. If you could put up the most gorgeous food picture, and I'm only giving my example, I bake a lot, but at the same time, you could be having the worst week. And then when you look at your own stories or your own posts, you're just like, oh, that day was nice. But no, it wasn't. That day was really hard and it was really shitty. Look at how people glorify travel. It looks like everything's a perfect sunset and you have this perfect moment. Are we kidding ourselves? And this whole outfit of the day and I'm this. And I'm like, no. Right? I mean, I opened my cupboards and I looked and I said, I'm ashamed. I have too many clothes. So the girl who works with me in my house, she said, don't repeat your outfits. And what doesn't work, give it away. I've pulled out so much stuff. I know I'm not shopping. I'm done. But you're right. We need to look within, be mindful. And it's so refreshing hearing that. That's just generally what I'd sense that you're really real. Even with Bazaar, the story was always more than just a pretty face. It was something behind that pretty face. It was about the strong woman that that person is and what she's doing. And I think it comes from you. Mansha, it comes from my team of extraordinary young women. It's all them. That's amazing. So we were talking about the days that we feel good and the days that we don't feel good. But also part of looking our best kind of comes from feeling good and feeling our best. So what are a few of the things that you do on a daily basis or in general when you know that you're going through a slightly more stressful phase? What are the things that you do to improve your mental wellness and health in general? You know, I promise you, it's this routine. I know that it's really weird, but routine is really, really critical. I feel very thrown if I don't wake up early and I don't exercise and I really watch my diet. But I've learned this the hard way. Two years ago, I was really moody and ratty and screaming and falling apart. And I could not understand what it was. And like all stupid women, I went to my dermatologist because my skin was dry. Not that I'm addressing the bigger issues. My talk, my skin is really dry. And she goes, have you checked your thyroid? And I said, no. She said, go check it. And the numbers were out of whack. I was not listening to my body. I was exhausted, but I was working hard. And I was just not feeling good. I learned that with hypothyroid, and it's the autoimmune one, that's when I learned, listen, you're feeling shitty. It could be a thyroid. What should you be eating for it? So I'm really regimented because I have thyroid. I have the autoimmune. I know I need to have my Brazil nuts. I know I need to follow a specific diet. And it sounds really stupid, but food, exercise, fresh air, playing with a loved one, husband or dog, keeping your life as simple as possible. I have no requirements for fancy, exotic, wonderful. Okay. I don't need to go out and eat ever. 
you give me home food every day, I'm really happy. I love hanging out with my husband. I love hanging out with my dog, with a bunch of close friends. We literally sit in each other's houses in pajamas. The simpler you keep your life, the more you listen to your body. So circadian thinking and intermittent fasting, but no more than 14 hours works for me. But it's not easy because everything keeps changing. So listening to yourself and maybe that's what waking up early does for me. I'm up early. It's really silent. I talk to myself. I'm like, how are you feeling? Are you tired? Then the first thing I do is tell my trainer, I'm tired. I'm feeling a catch. I don't want to do this. I want to do that. Earlier, I'm Sardarni like you, Mancha. So I don't know. We have balls of steel or what? I don't know. I will never do a less than hysterical workout. I'm ready to kill myself. But was not doing me any good yeah right so it was learning just listening to myself and maybe an internal conversation really helps how often do we talk to ourselves and say how are you feeling and this is what I was laughing my skin was dry why was I not examining what was happening you know just looking at your body and going why is this happening while you're wearing your makeup, you're not looking at yourself but maybe when you're having a shower you should spend some time how often do we really look in the mirror I suspect you and I can go for days without looking in the mirror. I don't look at the mirror. I have no time. What if we spend time on ourselves saying that we deserve it? And that's really helped me. Of course, I have bad moods. But I've also started telling people. Otherwise, I'm very reserved. I'm like, I'm going through a hard time. This will help me. Can you give me a hug? Can you make me laugh? No, that's true. Because when it comes to my personal stuff, I can be really reserved as well. And other than maybe to my husband and like my parents, I don't generally like letting people know when I'm going through a hard phase, things off. But during this lockdown, because there have been such highs and lows, I think I have made a conscious effort to let people know because at least for me, I know where it comes from. So I grew up all over the world. I went to nine schools. Why did you grow up all over the world? My dad, he used to work for this pharma company. So we moved around with him and I was in places, I mean, most of them spoke no English. It was quite the childhood. It was really interesting, very wild, Thornberry-esque. It was good fun, but when you keep switching schools, you're always going through a new set of friends and you don't have that base. You want to hold on to those things I think for that reason, even though I am the sort of person and my podcast is telling my full first season was just me talking. So I do like to wear my heart in my sleeve. I do like to express and let people know how I'm feeling. But it's something that because of how I grew up, it's something that I started holding back. And it really makes a difference when you can call up a friend and just be like, hey, today was not so good and I'm not feeling so good. And I don't maybe even have a reason as to why I'm not feeling good but why don't you just come over and we can have a laugh or you know you can play the piano and we can all sing and do something like that so it is the simpler thing for me the simpler I keep my life the easier it is and I think I was very privileged that I worked with extraordinary young people and that keeps me very happy just seeing these smart people who argue with you okay during stressful phases how do you find your center but more importantly are there any boundaries that you've set for yourself that help you navigate through life better you know I have too many boundaries Mancha and maybe what I've learned is to let some of them down because I'm private I'm reserved I'm very formal I think I've learned to relax some of those some of those I just keep my personal space is my personal space 
personal and professional will always be separate. You cannot make them the same because we as women who enjoy our work tend to get subsumed by this is me. I'm only a working person and I get my identity from work. And that's not true. And I've never mixed the two. You know what? I think boundaries are really good, but they come instinctively. You know, if you have chosen to be private and then chosen to allow four people into your life, that's you setting your boundaries and that's wonderful. Don't ignore your little voice, your gut instinct that tells you do it this way. And it's very easy to get swayed because everybody has different ethics. Just listen to your center and that's how you're going to navigate. There are no tricks. What works for me may not work for you. I have friends who are very emotional and they tell everybody everything. And I love how the world comes around and supports them in the way they choose to work. I'm very private. You know, what works for me is very few people coming around me, but they're blindly loyal. So there are different rules, but you've got to listen to your instinct. It's actually a voice that has been with you from your childhood that's telling you, this works for you, this doesn't. It's an instinct. It's literally how you would choose Pani Puri over a Gulab Jamun. <laughs> you trust that, but you won't trust your heart saying, I don't like this person. I don't want to go here. I don't want to allow you into your space. Why is it so hard? And why is it so hard for women to say, no, I don't want it. And no, you can't do this. Yeah. So maybe if I have any advice to give women is learn to say no. Learn to ask for more money. Yeah, definitely. That's something that I'm working on. The feeling that I get is that you're really good at managing your time. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not bad at it. No, I'm not bad at it. I guess I'm organized because I wake up early and I figure out what I want to do in a day and I follow up with other people. I don't leave it to them to remember because I think that makes sense. I always write at the last minute though, but I'm never late at a deadline because I write in my head. I guess I am good at managing time because I'm very, very disciplined. So then I suppose you don't have too much of an issue with managing work and life and balancing the two. Mancha, I have made the mistake of making work my whole life. And my father used to tease me because I got married late. I mean, I found my partner late and then I got married late. He said, if you put the same attention to your personal life as you do to your professional, you would find love. He was like, I love work. I love work. I don't want to do anything else. And I do think that women are making that mistake. And it comes from the people that employ you. Even now, employers are offensive and they'll ask you, oh, you're 22, are you planning to get married? When do you plan to have children? Don't have children. You won't get promoted. Actually, they have no right to do any of this. And Indian companies are particularly bad at this. Okay? They're not kind about you having personal needs. They're not kind about you having a personal life. And if they are, then they're giving the job to a man. They're assuming you won't be able to do it. So a lot of women just felt that, listen, I want to be seen as a success. But I think we've got to understand that your personal life is the most important thing. You've got to balance both. But if you have to make a choice, it should be your personal life. I think what I've also learned is don't be embarrassed by having a personal life. Yeah. Don't be. Why should we? You're right. I think it went from being a situation in India, especially where women were almost looked down upon for wanting to work or having any aspirations. And then when that shift started to occur, everyone was like, I have my freedom now. I am not settling for that. But in the process, it went to the other extreme and not somewhere in the middle where you could 
find your own balance and everyone's balance is different definitely i think when i decided to get married really young i never thought i would i had my life sort of charted out and then i met my husband and i threw it all out the window but there was a lot of judgment right because people went from seeing me as this person who was super ambitious and driven to getting married at a young age but since i've seen the other side people are so important right in your own life it's so important to have those people that you can lean on when you do need that extra help so for me i was just like no i'm doing this i don't care what anyone thinks and your career doesn't have to end with you getting married i think for me it gave me wings and i think both of us sort of push each other and even with his company it just really sort of took off after our wedding the same was for me where i have this space for myself and now i want to fly from here you know how about i put it for you this way and it would be interesting i think life happens when you try and find the balance between things yeah. that are important to you it can be work and a personal life it could be children and your husband it could be anything but life happens when you keep striving to find a balance and the truth is it will never be perfect but in this is where your life will be you know in the ups and downs and finding your stability in your faith and honestly i can never tell anybody how to find a balance because i've been a creature of extreme i admire and watch how people negotiate and navigate their way through life the only thing we have to know is there will never be balance what works for you then is what works for you then that's true what can we as a society do to instill healthier body image and greater self worth into girls everywhere but also what knowledge can we equip mothers and especially young mothers with so that they raise a generation of women who are really confident and most importantly comfortable in their own skin i think what if it began with young mothers banning do i look fat i feel fat i've put on weight you look great have you lost weight Do you realize there's just one compliment that's ever given to anyone? Yeah. You look fab. Have you lost weight? Or you've lost weight, you look so good. And you know, young girls hear this. They hear it from their mothers all the time. And now I watch 5-year-olds going, "I can't eat this. I'll get fat." So maybe and it's silly, but you know, we used to have this very old-fashioned subject in school called home science where we learned everything from cooking to where I of course I failed both cooking and embroidery but what if we were taught how to eat or nutrition as much as we were taught anything else as a life skill i'm just thinking you know if you eat right you feel so good i don't know i mean you know people are talking about making yoga compulsory what about the knowledge of food and i know you spoke with dr huda and i can say this dr huda changed my life because she sort of addressed the things that were wrong and i text her and her team and they're always talking back to me and i'm going i'm feeling this they're like okay change this what you eat maybe we need more information on that it's really surprising how little access we have to it i'm tired of hearing carbs are bad yeah and yet when you go to your school canteen the only snack you'll get is a packet of chips maybe let's begin with eating right you feed your brain right and making sports compulsory but not in a shameful way i was terrible at sports in school okay terrible it scarred me i couldn't run i had no hand eye coordination i thought i was useless and then i moved to bombay and i found a dance class and it got me into a habit of working out 
three times a week, which became every day, which became twice a day. Then I had to stop because I made myself ill. But, you know, just the ability to move my body and have it listen to me instilled in me the sense of just being healthy. But sports didn't do it for me. So what if we were just start to move and have fun and not be judged? So let's start with a rapid fire. What's the most memorable issue you've ever worked on? We did a really beautiful diversity issue where we had four girls and a boy. And for me, that was really memorable because we just chose very beautiful people. Later, we realized that they represented different states, different shapes, different colors. That was really beautiful. We followed it up with a second one where we again organically did different beautiful people around India. And I think that from the first issue to the second, when we forgot to use the word diversity, that was memorable because it finally felt truly, truly one world. What's the first thing that you notice about somebody when you meet them? I remember everything they wear, but I noticed their handshake. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? My grandfather, when I got my first job, it was as a journalist. And he said, from today on, your life will be different. You will have different rules of integrity and honesty and never forget it. Who's the one woman that you admire most and why? My grandmother, because even though my grandfather was the general in the army, we used to call her General Amici because she was honest to a fault. She was so honest that everyone loved, admired and feared her. And she was five feet, two inches, but she lied about her height. And she was granted an extra inch because people were too scared to tell Ami that you are actually five, two, not five, three. She is my style hero, my hero in English literature, my hero in the way she lived her life. And your best icons come from family members because you know them inside out. What's the one thing that you've learned the hard way? I've learned to be kind to myself the very hardest possible way. What's your guilty pleasure? Dark chocolate. But I like it really dark, like between 85 to 95% dark. And a good glass of single malt whiskey. What's something that you don't want to be doing 10 years from now? I don't want to work with people I don't like. I don't want to work with dishonest people. I have no place for them in my life. What's your best piece of fashion advice to those listening in? I've tried to steer clear of that, but will you take one piece of advice from you? Get a great black dress. Just one great black dress. You can wear it in the day. You can wear it at the night. You can wear it to a cocktail party. And you know what? I use my black dresses to make sure that my size doesn't change either because I have black dresses from Rajesh Pratap's first show. I have clothes that are 20, 25 years old. The last question is, what's the first thing that you're going to do when the world returns to well, as normal a state as possible? Fly down to meet my husband. I think that's a beautiful note to end this on. And thank you so much. You really wore your heart on your sleeve. I am going to see you when this shit gets over. You are so extraordinary. I'm dying to see what you do with this. Thank you. Thank you so thank much you. for having me here. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Bye. Bye. And with that, we come to an end of this episode. 
I don't usually do this, but if I am to add my two cents after the fact. Over and above the incredible takeaways that I'm sure you have from this episode, I want you to take a moment to think about, despite how highly regarded or successful Nanata is, she is refreshingly warm, open and respectful. I think there's a lot to learn from just that. For a lot of us, unfortunately, the second we get an ounce of recognition, in that very instant, it goes to our head and we use that as a reason to behave in a more superior manner to those around us, to disrespect them, to mock them and to ignore them. I've said it a thousand times before and I'm going to say it again. The most successful and the best people are surprisingly humble. They do not have a chip on their shoulders and are only too open to learning from those around them. Humility, humility, humility. This conversation is an amazing case in point for just that. So respect others, respect their time. It doesn't matter if the person who is reaching out to you or asking for your help, if that person has nothing to offer you, you still treat them with that same respect as somebody that you really want the world of a favor from. And honestly, that's the image that you build. You could be super successful in the moment because success is for the most part transient. But by being arrogant and by being disrespectful in the moment, you could leave a really bad taste in somebody's mouth. Now multiply this by the number of people that you tend to interact with on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And think about the bad will that you build when you don't respect somebody. So again, be humble. Nobody is greater than another person. Today, you could be somebody in a more fortunate situation and tomorrow they could be the ones in the more fortunate situation and you could need their help. But that's not the only reason, right? Just for the very fact of being a good human being. Be nice, be kind, like Nanata said repeatedly in this episode. Okay, that's all I'm going to add. That's my two minute after the fact spiel, but I thought it was really important because it was so beautifully portrayed in this episode. Don't forget to follow the lovely Nanita Kalra on Instagram. I've linked her handle in the description below. It's simply at the rate Nanita Kalra. I have an incredible episode for next week. So that you don't miss that episode or any future episodes, don't forget to click on the subscribe button or the bell icon. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram. We're at the rate Heart on My Sleeve Official for behind the scenes footage, future guests, personal growth content and to become a more active member of the homes community. See you next week. Bye. This Hub Hopper original ko sunne ke liye aapka shukriya. Agar aap bhi apna podcast launch karna chahte hain to Hub Hopper Studio website pe register kare aur 1 minute ke andar andar apna khud ka podcast launch kare. यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कंटेंट